What is up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. You're listening to episode 195. Today is September 5th, and we are here to discuss what went wrong in Wyoming on Saturday and preview the Oregon Ducks this week. So lots to discuss, lots to get it into um, this week. So uh, hope you guys made it through that Saturday night, that rough Sunday after. Uh, hope you got all your anger out, uh, shift that focus to Oregon. That's what we're looking to do today and to catch everything we're doing here at Tailgate Talks throughout this football season. Uh, there is 11 games left, guys, so do remember that. Uh, there's still a lot a season ahead of us so follow us on apple follow us on spotify give us those five stars five stars for the tailgate and if you listen to us on apple kindly leave us a review also follow us on twitter Uh, you can find us on twitter at tailgate underscore talks that's where we do most of our posting and interacting but we also have instagram and facebook also, we brought our YouTube channel back from the dead this week, posting our predictions video for Wyoming, which went terribly wrong. But, you know, we are back on the YouTube channel. We'll be posting content, Wyoming thoughts and Oregon um, predictions as well. So give that YouTube channel a follow. And if you have anything you want us to talk about on the tailgate, any questions, comments, uh, you can always send us an email at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. Well, Saturday kicked off the Texas Tech football season, and uh, we thought kickoff was going to be about uh, 6.30, but a thunderstorm developed over Laramie and pushed kickoff back about an hour and a half. So we ended up kicking off a little bit later, and well, things started great. Yeah. Things started great for the first quarter. It was fantastic. We were having a great time. We were up 17 to nothing, and then things uh, did not go your way the rest of the game. The Red Raiders fall in the opener in Laramie to Wyoming, 35-33 to in double overtime. So, Dustin, after all that said, just your first thoughts on what was a pretty stunning defeat on Saturday. Yeah, pretty underwhelming. Uh, I think it's a good word for it. I mean, first quarter was great, like you said, and we had turnovers. We had... Easy touchdowns, 17 nice quick points. Things were looking great. And then after that, everything just went flat and dead. And this wasn't the team that we expected and was hyped up to be. And, you know, there was also just like never a response to Wyoming, it felt like. And now that's what that team kind of was built on last year a little bit was there was always a response to the other team every time. So, just very flat and unlike us and just bland. Uh, like, meh, blah, gross. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty uh, pretty humbling experience yeah. on Saturday after this whole off season and some of this stuff we'll get into a little bit more. But uh, to come out firing like you did and then to just fall flat like that for three quarters, 
kind of felt like the team thought they won the game in the first quarter. I guess. Um, and, and and we're headed to the buses, and you're like, hey, there's still three quarters of game left, and unfortunately in this case, three quarters and two overtimes, um, and you just didn't play. Your offense disappeared. Tyler Shuck and Zach Kelly, I don't really know what they were doing. It felt like the, the game plan was two good drives, and then after that we're just going to – yeah. See if we can coast to victory. Defense did what they could, but, you know, after the offense not scoring any points after the first quarter, uh, the defense always was kind of always a bend, don't break defense. But uh, if it, you know, broke down towards the end and uh, a couple bad plays by the defense, NG on the wrong side of this one, but ultimately just frustrating, man. Frustrating. Um, so leads us to the next point. What what do you think went wrong? If there's any key moments, any things that happened, what do you think went wrong? Um, I mean, going just back to everyone was flat after second quarter. We scored in kind of the offense of like you mentioned of Kitley and Chuck, just not knowing what went happened there. Um, we scored the seventeenth point with four oh two left in the first quarter. We did not score again until 42 seconds left in the fourth quarter. We were on 17 points for a very, very long time. And And you had opportunities. You had opportunities. And I mean, your field goal kicker. Oh yeah. I mean, the drive chart I have here too. I mean, the second quarter was pretty awful, but then like third and fourth quarter, you ripped off a 14 and 11 and a 13 yard drive that all ended up in field goal attempts, but you only made one of them, so that hurts. In Gino's defense, I would also say let's not have him kick 50-yard field goals every time. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you got to make it more than two of them, but let's also not have him kick four 50-yard field goals. Okay. Yeah, let's try to set him up. So um, let's have a little better. And then also one of those. And then also one of those kicks. The second one doesn't really count because of, of the timing yeah. and you know the one that he kicked right into our offensive lineman's head. That's on him. You know, going yeah. off to the goalpost. That's fine. But yeah, let's you know set him up for forty yarders instead of fifty yarders. I'd say. But yeah, lots of time for- that we didn't do anything in. You know. I'll go to the run game second here, but I thought our pass blocking was very nice. And I thought yeah, Tyler I thought Chuck had some blocking. really good pockets. And I thought he ran out of some really nice pockets. I mean, you were just sitting there like, where is he? What is he going? Where is he? What? What's why? He doing? And I mean, I get he even they, like tripped over himself one time. Like, <laughs> and it's so like, that was frustrating to watch our pass. And there was a grade that came out on Twitter. of like the pass blocking was very, really good. And yeah, I think he had a clean pocket, eighty percent. And his like percentage was like fifty six percent out of that, and it's like that's yeah, that doesn't add up. And he had like a six point five uh, turnover rate or something like that, which is interceptable passes. Uh, um, I didn't know Dennis Wilburn left the game. I don't, I don't know if you noticed that or so. Yeah, but um, I think that was later in the game. But the run game was just I don't I don't know. <laughs> non-existent yeah i mean we ran for i think 93 yards or something um yeah 93 yards and the long was 12 and shuck was by far your leading rusher with number of carries and i don't like that i know he like 
padded the stats in overtime, which I didn't like the quarterback run every play in overtime either. Like it's like yeah, it was all of a sudden in overtime, it's like Kelly ran out of plays and just like they just run the run, run the QB pass, run the QB run play. And so like there was, yeah, I don't know what the offensive my game offensive plan spiel. was. Yeah, you go in on that. I don't really know what the offensive game plan was, and that was what was confusing. Yeah. Is like you came out in the scripted drive, which everybody is like talking about. The first two drives was scripted plays. Went like great. You scored yeah, on him. Yeah. Bam, bam, was like bam. six for six with two TDs yeah. right off off the bat, and you're like, all right. But then once it got beyond that, uh, you know, it didn't feel like Zach Kitley had anything he wanted to attack specifically. Your tight ends come in. You have two catches from your tight ends. Yeah, one of them being Jaden York, who had the nice <laughs> touchdown catch. Then Mason Tharp catches one like later on in the game. We're like, oh yeah, I forgot about Mason oh, Tharp, yeah. the guy that we hyped up this whole offseason yeah. that we only throw the ball to once. Um, I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to go back and rewatch that game. Hell because no. I don't want the bad memories to come back, but you know, I'd like to know how open your receivers were getting. Was it all shucks? Was it all shuck or was your receivers not getting open? I know there was one play down the stretch where you throw a deep ball to um, Bradley Bradley and he kind of drops it. It was going to be a tough one to catch, but then you go back and look at the replay and miles price is like wide yeah. open right there. So he's standing on the goal line. Bad decisions. Ready. Is it all Shuck making bad decisions and not throwing it to the open guy? Or is it guys couldn't get open? Like, what was the whole thing with it? Because, you know, it just really fizzled out after those yeah. first few drives. So, and beyond that, so like, staying Shuck on that, to me. Real quick, back to the drive chart. So, first two drives, eight plays, two touchdowns, great. The next three drives, you could even go four drives. Three plays for four yards, less than a minute. Four plays for negative four for 110. Two for seven for fifty nine seconds, and then a four play for twenty one yards for two twenty seven. <laughs> and then there's a pick somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, after the after those drives, I think. Yeah, the second one in there was an interception. So very. I think Chuck non existent. Chuck looked scared after. to me. After he threw that pick, he looked nervous. Yeah. Um, and then you know a lot of the offensive game plan that I thought we would kind of go back to is what we did versus Ole Miss, which was a lot of uh, designed runs for Shuck and stuff like that. And we didn't break anything out until overtime, overtime that, you know, uh, only runs Tyler Shuck had before overtime were things that he just had to create on his own. Um, but we didn't do anything designed run, which was, a, I thought, a pretty lethal weapon that we yep. had in that Ole Miss game. So uh, that and then I thought your offensive line, like you said, I thought it did a good job blocking yes. pass blocking but you know terrible job creating yeah. holes to run through, I mean, though like their wyoming's defensive line is good yes but i mean but you're gonna face better that's the problem <laughs> like oregon's not as good as wyoming d line thank goodness uh but yeah you have better down the road somewhere and like that's just not a good look yeah not a good look um, yeah. offense was stagnant defense for me. One of the things that went wrong and it's a guy that we'll, we'll get into a little bit later, but Jacob Rodriguez yeah. getting hurt. I think really, really that's another point in the game where you can kind of see just everything changed because up until that point when he was on the field, like their offense was not moving the ball at all. And then he gets hurt. And then after that, like they don't, they still put up their offense was not good. Um, no. you know, they passed for 149 yards, ran for 171, you know, that running number is not ideal, but, um, 
it felt like all of that kind of happened after Jacob Rodriguez got hurt, which sucked because it was such a good play that he had made. He forces a fumble, recovers the fumble, and then gets hurt on that play. And then it never felt like you were able to recover with whoever you were throwing in that position to try to fill in that gap for him. So that that was one of the positions we talked about coming into the offseason. Like, you don't have a lot of depth there. And then you immediately kind of feel that impact game one, which which seems like that always happens to Texas Tech. It's like yeah. a position without depth, you immediately have immediately. that top guy get hurt. Yeah, that was my first defensive note as well. Jacob Rodriguez out four to six weeks with a foot sprain and Ben Roberts to replace him. And, yeah, you hit it perfectly. Like, he was playing really good. And him and Pierre as a duo in the middle of that linebacker was doing awesome because Pierre was, yeah. had a great game, I thought, with 14 tackles. He was everywhere. And – Jake Rodriguez, like you said, was in on both of the force fumbles or in on the force fumble and the recovery on both fumbles. And like, yeah, they wanted to run the ball and Jacob Rodriguez and Pierre weren't having it. And then, yeah, that just kind of fell apart a little bit as the game kept going. Um, I also thought the pass rush, even though there was two sacks, but it just never got home enough. Yeah. And like kind of felt non-existent. I don't, I don't really remember. Being it never got home like, enough. Right, and then yeah. like they would just run up the field. And I know the coaches today or yesterday talked about, yeah, they just lost contain and it was not yeah. disciplined. And like that kind of goes into the other part of the defense, both sides, but a little more on the defense. Like we had a, quite a few mental and undisciplined errors that were really big and cost us in key spots yep. and downs. And you just can't have that kind of stuff if you want to get where you want to go with this team. Like yep. you're not winning the Big 12 championship with where was my team stats there? Seven for 69 yards when yep. Wyoming went three for that, 15 on yards. Like you had yeah, a that, three three 15 yarders that I can think of at least two that were very critical. And like, you can't you had, have that kind of stuff. And you had three. Cause you had the hands to the face, which negated interception. a interception. You had the Josiah Pierre one, right. which was, a, which, I mean, you can argue if these were good calls or bad calls. Well, You can't argue the, them now. They got called yeah. deal with them. Yeah. They got called. So <laughs> two of the late hit sucks. ones were 15 yards and got them first downs yeah. and moved to push them into scoring range when they were having a really difficult time moving the ball against you, you know, like, like your defense was doing a good job and then they would get these 15 yarders and it would kind of spark them into going on scoring drives. Yeah. And so um, it, it just was undisciplined. Uh, it felt very, I don't know, let's go, let's get into now. Um, it didn't feel like the brand. It didn't feel like no. the 60 minutes of us team that Not we were going to preach to all off season. So one and oh or oh and one now when you and me both came into this worst case scenario, still thinking that you you win this one pretty easily. Sure. So you start off oh and one, losing to Wyoming. There's still a lot of season in front of us, but where do you stand now? You were you had us ten and two, I, I had us nine and three. Are you like <laughs> do you still think that's possible because I, I the, a lot of the sentiment I've seen around this is, Hey, Kansas state lost to Tulane to start their season right. last year. And they still went on to have the well, big 12. Tulane, Tulane was a top 15 team last year. So that's so, a little different. Yeah. But I get what they, I get what they're saying and what you're saying, but I think it's a big wake up call to every mm-hmm. player, every coach, like 
hey, we can't just keep talking. We got to show up. This was a good slap in the face about that. And I think everybody in that facility knows it. The good thing is you still have the entire Big 12 in front of you. You're still 0-0 on that side. The other good thing is Baylor looked like a bunch of idiots. TC looked like a bunch of idiots. So did we. (laughs) So you're not alone in this either. (laughs) So, like, there's other teams that are down. Big 12 is all in front of you still. I don't – I know we overreact on Saturday night, but that's just our fandom and passion coming out. As soon as Sunday hits, it's like, all right, on to Oregon. Let's go win that one and get to one and one. Like we're we still back back to the boys yeah. in red and black, you know what? We're in, right, Dustin? We're in, like everybody on Twitter has to say, okay. after any time you lose a game, you gotta prove you're 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 a hey, fan he, by saying we're in on Okay, I had a whole section on that. I hit a couple points there. One, it's because we care. We're just passionate fans, all right? We're backing in. McGuire also did say, you watched the clip, hey, if you're in with us, you can just say whatever you want. <laughs> That's what we do here. Like, we'll be critical. We we'll tweet some shit out. We're not being disrespectful. We've gone over this every year we've had this podcast. We're not being disrespectful. We're being very passionate, critical fans, and we just want better. We want better. We want the best. And when your when your coaching staff has all the hype that it had this whole right. offseason, this is nothing that we made up ourselves. These are things that came from Correct. Joey McGuire, came from and this Zach Kitley, staff. fifty burger, not yeah. twenty piece. <laughs> Steve Linton and Miles Cole. We don't need Tyree. You know, we had Tyree, but th- we'll be better. Like when you're preaching this stuff all offseason, and then game one comes, and it's your first opportunity to prove all this stuff you've been talking about. And then you immediately have a performance where it's only 15 minutes of us and not 60, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> and the, the harder working team is the team on the other yeah. side, the team that broke you, the team right. that's quarterback saying that they made us fold. Um, that's not a good look. And we have the right to criticize that we were fed a lot of stuff <laughs> and we drank the Kool-Aid. We drowned ourselves in that Kool-Aid. So where I stand right now is like, I'm, I'm obviously in, I don't know why tech fans always feel like anytime we lose in basketball or football, you got to prove that you're in like basketball. Hey, retweet. If you're with us football, all everybody's like, we're in, we're in. It's like, man, we don't got to prove anything. We were, we've been fans of this program for the last decade. Plus we're still here. That's enough. Like that doesn't prove that we're loyal is that we went through Tuberville cliff wells um, and we're still there. Uh, <laughs> I don't need a tweet to prove that we're still here. Right. Uh, we'll be there Saturday. We'll be Damn in right. it, but I'm still skeptical now. I, I've had to, I had to take a step oh, back, yeah. had to <laughs> not drink the Kool-Aid anymore. And now I'm nervous, man. I'm nervous for the start. Like you can very realistically go Oh, and two here. Oh God. Uh, yeah. And then I wonder how, how the team responds to that. You know, we don't have a lot of, um, teams that start zero and two and a lot to go up like and that ends with a fun season yeah you know? so that's what scares me <laughs> well and that's i mean that's a good point too because when we went over our team the last couple weeks we liked we liked a bunch of guys but we even talked about it we didn't have a stud we don't have a tyree yeah. we don't have a graham harrell michael crabtree that kind of guy and i don't know who that guy is in the locker room either to right write this ship that it needs like who is who's on the 
in the locker room making sure everybody's doing things the right way and not what we did last week. Like, hey, you got to do more. You got to do five more minutes. Like, holding people accountable because that's what we need as well. Yeah. So, you know, there's a great opportunity. This is, you know, like you said, maybe the smack to reality. Yeah. And all that talk that offseason, you got hit in the face real hard week one. You're like, all right, we know know what we got to do now. And maybe that sets the season right. You know, and maybe – uh, maybe we look back on this and be like, you know, I can't believe we overreacted so much, or maybe well, something's off and, and this season ends up being uh, a way bigger struggle than a lot of us thought it was going to be. Um, so, yeah, I think we're kind of at a crossroads right here. And and the funny thing is when you look at our stat line from that game, you feel like it, it's just shocking that you still lost that game. Like I've gone through it in my head so many times. I'm still don't know how. Yeah, go through some stats. I'm ready. I got the drive chart, the team chart, the individual chart. I got all the charts. Well, I just want to throw out like a few stats and then whatever other ones you got on there. The, the Tyler Shuck passing line was 31 of 47 for 388 yards, three touchdowns and one interception. 338. Taj Brooks, uh, three, 338. Oh, did I have, I might yeah, have a typo in there. Giving him 50 extra. Giving him if it wasn't extra, so much, yeah, I wouldn't correct be. you like that. <laughs> uh, 39 yards on 11 carries for Taj Brooks. We mentioned the ground game never really got going. Uh, Taj with only 11 carries, 39 yards. He did find the end zone. Yeah. Jaren Bradley, eight for 88 and one touchdown. A guy that you really didn't see till kind of the end of the game. He started catching a lot of passes. Um, your tight ends combined for two catches. Um, uh, any other stats that you had that you wanted to shout out here? Uh, two sacks. Uh, did, didn't mention that. You only had two yeah. sacks. We mentioned um, the kicking game Steve already. Miles Co. Return game was in non-existent. <laughs> I mean, the biggest one for them, if you want to go to Wyoming stats, they rushed for 171 on your ass. Yeah. That's not good, especially when we have mentioned how many teams want to run the ball on us this year. Yeah. They're looking at that and being like, oh, sweet. And Jacob Rodriguez is out for a month. Sweet. Then, yeah, the penalties sucked. Third downs are seven for 17. I'd like a little better. Two for two on fourth. So really, you were gotta get better, man. We were so bad at third downs last year. Like you were awful at yeah. third downs. That was one thing I wanted to see improvement on, and, mm. and didn't really feel. I mean, even like we improved on it. Now some of that's got to be like, hey, we already know we're gonna go for yeah. fourth down if we don't get it here. So. But it's still like nine of seventeen, third and fourth combined is barely fifty percent. You yeah. know, I don't like that part. You know, I think we were way higher on the combined average last year. So yeah, there's I, I was. I know me and you liked the late surge of Jaron Bradley in the third and fourth. Um, even uh, Dre McCray, who we didn't know existed till the third quarter, didn't know what number yeah. he was. <laughs> yeah, all these guys you you got, you know, and and all these weapons you have, and somehow you can't find, uh, can't seem to find them, can't seem to find your six foot nine tight yeah. end, uh, can't seem to find Baylor Cup. Um, so, yeah, I would like to see some more use out of those guys. Uh, any other things you wanted to touch on here with Wyoming before we move no, on? No, let's, let's throw that one away and move on. It's Oregon week. Yeah, it's Oregon week. Um, you know, it's our only pod for the week, so we had to had to recap Wyoming, let y'all know our thoughts on that that tough loss. Throwing it away. Let's rip it up, shred it. 
put it in the past. There's still 11 games um, to, to turn the season around. So um, real quick, though, our prediction recap from last week, we got the scores wrong, of course, because Wyoming won. Um, Dustin offensive prediction had Chuck with five passing touchdowns. He had three. I had Duran Bradley with 125 yards in a TD. He had 88 in a TD. Defensive-wise, Dustin had us having four sacks. We were halfway there. We got two, uh, and I had us with a take-three game. Defense had two. Uh, Should have had that third one, and my prediction would have been right because it was a pick by Braylon Lux that was tossed. Um, Also had an opportunity where Rabbit had a pick that he dropped because he got hit by our own person. I forgot about that. Damn it. Um, so yeah, uh, Oregon comes to town now. All right. So it's time to shift our focus to the number 13th ranked Oregon ducks who are headed to Lubbock this weekend for the first home game of the season. The first game at the Jones, there's some new additions to the Jones. That'll be fun to see the new light show. Yeah, did you see uh, the video today? The cool. promo? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to look drone. That's going to look pretty sick. Hell yeah. Hopefully we get it. Hopefully we get to use it and our offense doesn't uh, uh, do what they did this past Saturday. Hopefully we get to use it. Uh, it looks pretty cool. There's going to be some changes to the stadium. So check Texas Tech Athletics websites. They've got some stuff posted around yeah, don't, for how to get around the stadium. Don't plan on walking between the facility and the south side of yes. the football stadium. It's closed. Yes. Duh. It's going to be closed. <laughs> I know they you came out of that, but I was like, yeah, yeah, duh. But yeah. people are dumb sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be fun to see. If you sit on the east side of the stadium, you're going to need to go north, go around, uh, go around the stadium to enter on that side. Um, so there's going to be some stuff. It's going to be fun. Peppermint crowd. Um, we're in this red section, so you know, make sure you dress accordingly. Um, Candy cane. That was coined by our guys. <laughs> sorry, coined by our guys over at Talking Tech. I like it. That was Peppermint. awesome. Um, so yeah. Th- Dustin, Oregon comes to town. Not as much shine as now you're 0-1, and this could have been yeah. a possible top 25 matchup. Um, but how are you feeling after last week's game and then now Oregon coming to town off a of 81-7 victory? Yeah, they they played Portland State last week, so yeah. no big deal there. They put up 80, which is nice. Um, but, yeah, they didn't play a decent team like Wyoming. Um, like we just mentioned a way different team. We have a great opportunity in front of us to write the ship. Um, yeah, they had the number six offense in the country last year, and that's why they probably put up 80 freaking points again last week. Yeah. They were a 10 win team last year. I mean, they got Will Stein from UTSA as the OC linemen are back. They're ranked around the top 10 right now. Fringe up and down in that area, depending on what you look at. And, I mean, every offensive player that they had was on point last week. Bo Nix did what he needed to do. He threw for 287, only missed four passes. (laughs) Their dude, Bucky Irving, ran the ball for 119. Their second guy almost had 100 also. They ran for 348. The big stat for Bucky Irving is he had four carries. Four carries for 119. Yes, yes. Average (laughs) of 30. Touchdowns. Yeah, Troy Franklin and Gary Brandt, Bryant, their good receivers had over 100. I mean, they just did everything they're supposed to. And now they're, they have a lot of momentum, a lot of confidence coming in here. I'm sure they're not scared at all after what we did last week either. 
Um, so yeah, there's that. I mean, we know on our side, we have to right the ship, try to come back out, definitely score more than 20 points to hang with these cats. Yeah. You have a revenge game for Tyler Shuck and Tim DeRuder. So maybe with and Marcel Yates, with, you have a lot of, of reasons to be amped up and good for this game. <laughs> you know, first home game and all the flashing lights and bells and whistles you mentioned. So, uh, but yeah, last week just tarnishes it a little bit, but we'll still be there to, to back the boys in our red and white candy cane outfits. Yeah, I mean, we'll still be there. I'm so excited for this one. It's not often you get a team like Oregon Ducks to come all the way to love. No, for real. Yeah, that's a great point because usually home non-conference games yeah. are, you know, Texas State, State, Sam Houston State, <laughs> Tarleton State, the other Texas State schools around. <laughs> and yeah. like, you know, your big games are conference games that you already expect every year, like Oklahoma's and your Texas's and whatnot's. But yeah, and I don't since I've been a fan, that's almost twenty years, like I haven't had a game like this since yeah. I've been here as a non conference almost top ten opponent type team, like with yeah, the, the highest guy non conference like, yeah. games. The biggest non conference games I can think of in my lifetime was like back when we were when I was younger, we had Phillip Rivers and NC State came to town, and we had Eli Manning and Ole Miss come to town. But they weren't, like, amazing teams at the no. time. You know, they weren't, like, some, uh, you know, top 10 possible college football playoff type team. You know, yeah. of course, CFP didn't exist around then. But, uh, yeah, it's been a long time since you've had a caliber of this team come in yep. in the non-conference. And so, um, for that, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. I'm nervous though. Definitely. Like I said earlier, it's like I, the nerves for this game are, are jacked up now. Like, you know, coming into this game, I thought you're going to be one and zero, and like, Hey, just play good. And if you get a win, awesome. If you get a lose, if you lose it, it's not a big deal. Um, but now you can see yourself falling. Oh, and two, uh, and, and this thing going off the rails pretty quickly. If you're not able to hang in this game and, you know, Oregon's confidence has got to be high. Uh, like you said, their offense was clicking on all cylinders last week. Um, didn't have to play their guys a full game. Got to rest Bo Nix and let the other yeah. guys play some. And and so yeah, they're they're going to be coming in. They know what the environment's going to you know probably be like. They don't know what the weather's going to be like. I don't think they're a team that's used to playing in in the the kind It'll of heat that we're going to have out here. But um, but I definitely think they come in ready. They come in prepared, and and they're going to be a very tough challenge for. Texas Tech this week, but uh, definitely something that can get your everything that we're feeling this week can be erased with one win this weekend. And what I'm banking on is the fact that the Red Raiders were six and one at home last year, yeah. and we're very good at home. And maybe that's something we just underestimated is how bad we are on the road. We're now one and five on the road. Maybe these coaches just can't figure out how to do it. Not at the Jones, but we were good at the Jones, and sure you had some uh overtime games that you had to pull off but nonetheless you did win six games and so that's the big hope is that with this crowd the, f uh, the players kind of getting that slap in the face last week and they bring the energy the fans bring the energy and you do whatever you need to do to get that win 
So that gets to the next part of this, which is the big revenge game for Tyler Shuck, who came out and had a subpar performance, as many would say, against Wyoming. What do you need to see from Tyler Shuck this weekend? Or if Texas Tech is going to win this game, what does Tyler Shuck have to do? Yeah, he's going to need to use the nice pocket that our O-line gives him. Like, don't run out of there. Trust the plays. Let guys run open. Make good passes. Like He needs to be a gunslinger. And I, I don't know if he's forgotten how to be that or what, but yeah. let's lay off the deep out routes and throw it over the middle way more. And let guys come open. Hit your 6'9 guy. Hit Bradley. Like, Let's use our skill guys. Like, trust them. I don't know that he did that last week. And so, like, let's use that. And then when you need to, yeah, use your legs. But don't don't yeah. rely on it as much, I think. You know, rely on your arm. Rely on your your vision. I think, I think if he can yeah. settle in, like, that's the recipe of success for us. Yeah, it doesn't need to be a crutch. The running doesn't need to be a crutch. But it can be something that – is beneficial to the offense when it's played correctly, when it's used correctly, when there's, you know, 15 yards in front of you and there's nobody open, use your legs there. Yeah. But there's also times where you need to make the right decision and get the ball to the receiver who's open and sometimes make the correct decision on which receiver is the open one to get it to. You don't always got to risk it. Uh, you know, sometimes the check down is a great play because you can get a guy with space and speed and, and let him do the rest. I think, for me, it's the decision-making. You know, that's the key for him is I thought he got scared. I thought he, like you said, he wasn't a gunslinger. He wasn't throwing it around. He wasn't letting it rip. You know, he he did that against Ole Miss, and it was fun to watch. Yeah. And he, was, <laughs> he was making great passes, making great plays, doing great stuff with his feet. I think he just needs to let loose, man. Like, he looked like he was a little too in his head in that game. And I'm sure he started feeling the pressure when the offense wasn't moving and Wyoming was coming back. But I hope he – just goes out there, throws the football around, plays plays loose, yeah. you know. And, and Zach Hitley's got to help him out yeah. too. And Zach Hitley's got to put these guys in. Hitley said in his situation. press conference he wants to be a more aggressive play caller. Well, freaking do it, so man! I want, it's all talk until I you want go to out see and what do that it. looks like because that's what we expected for last year too. So like. So we expected for last week, and you went out there and you didn't do anything no. against Wyoming, a team that you could have dominated a team that you probably could have beat 30 points plus yeah. um so go cut it loose you know let's yeah. let's be aggressive yep um and then what what else offensively are you going to be looking for uh this week i know one of the things we touched on was the running run game. game what do you want to see from that specifically run game's gotta be moving forward <laughs> like that was just not happening last week they were not moving the Wyoming defensive line and linebackers backwards. We were just getting stuck, and Brooks and Valdez couldn't go anywhere. And that's a huge part of this team I mean, or where we want to go because that yeah. is what Kitley needs as well for his play calling. So, like, man, run game, run game, run game is huge. Not just trying it, like doing it successfully. Yeah, I wonder like some of this zone blocking, those blocking schemes and stuff like that. I would like to go if I knew more and it had the TV angles mm -hmm. to go back and kind of look at some of this stuff. I wonder, like, are we getting creative on that end? Because it looked like a pretty bland running offense to me. And there are ways to do it. Like, just watch. I mean, I know it's the NFL, but like 
Kyle Shanahan has figured out how to run the damn football with the 49ers, and it doesn't matter what running back is in there. They figure it out. Um, so I wonder, like, what what is wrong with this offense where you just, over the course of um, a year in a game, really with Kitley, the running game has been something that hasn't been a strong suit for no. you. Um, and you've got good running backs, and so you just haven't been able to create the space for them. Um, and so I, I hope to see that happen. I think Oregon doesn't have as strong as a defensive no. line as Wyoming might have. No, they had a very, uh, but they definitely poor... have the bodies to. They they have athletic dudes up there who are going to sure. cause problems for you if you can't get that checked out. Yeah, you know? they have a good D lineman, Brandon Dorless. He's a first team Pac twelve guy. They have a defensive end, Jordan Birch, who transferred from South Carolina. That's their best two. But they had very, very bad sack rate last year, 18 sacks over the entire year. Yeah, they didn't get any sacks in week one against uh, – And were terrible on third down. So Portland State. we have a good opportunity for our offense to be successful against a bad defense. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was looking at their defensive stats against Portland State, and nothing really shot out to you. I mean, they didn't have any interceptions. They had a fumble recovery. They didn't get any sacks. Um, you know, they gave up one touchdown, which is good, but it really seemed like if you're not getting pressure against Portland State, it might be hard for them to get pressure against you here. So hopefully, we can take advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, and, and really just let let Chuck loose, man, and and hopefully he's hopefully behind the home crowd and everything that he's out to be in the Tyler Shuck we know he can be, um, that we saw against Ole Miss and not the Tyler Shuck that we saw last weekend because you're going to need a good performance from him yeah. if you want to get this win. Uh, defensive notes, as we talked about kind of earlier in the pod, Jacob Rodriguez is out and will be out for four to six weeks. It has been Robert, uh, Matthew, uh, who else? Ty Kana are going yeah, to be guys Ty who are going to be filling that role. Ben Roberts. So basically what they're doing, they're flip-flopping. Josiah Pierre to where Jacob Rodriguez was and then putting Ben Roberts in the Josiah Pierre spot because that's where he just yeah. gotten more reps and Pierre can just play back, play football wherever you put him. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a strength uh, and being able to have a player like that. Um, I think you'll see a lot of other guys, whoever they can f- find to fill in and, and give you some valuable uh, reps on that side of the ball. Yeah. I think you're going to have to see a lot of guys now, and maybe one of them steps up. Maybe it's Ty Connor, yeah. Maybe it's Ben Roberts. Maybe it's Tariq Matthew. Like all these guys are going to have an opportunity here over the next four to six weeks while yeah. uh, we wait for Jacob Rodriguez to get healthy. Another injury note is Isaac Smith is going to miss significant time. He was a, a key piece that was going to be a part yeah. of that uh, defensive edge rushing group. Um, came along there at the end of last season, had some nice games for you. He's got a knee issue that he's dealing with that could keep him out for quite a while. I so heard, I, I saw really, a season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't feel like you're going to hear his name this season, which is unfortunate because um, uh, everybody was pretty excited about what he was going to provide. Uh, and he found that out like right before kickoff, yeah. <laughs> um, right before the season started. So tough break for him. Um, but that hurts your defense. Right. You depth. Know, one of the things we talked about, linebacker depth. And, and so what do you uh, want to see from the defense this week, Dustin? Uh, Oregon's offense is going to have a lot of playmakers. They're going to be able yeah. to, to move the ball and spread it around. And, of course, Bo Nix uh, leading the charge there. Yeah, it's going to be a totally different ballgame than what we saw last week against Wyoming. They're going to 
sling it. They're trying to score fast and as much as possible. So I think we need to go back to kind of our plan of last year of bend but don't break. Like try to hold them as best you can, hold them to field goals, make them work the field, and try for some turnovers. I think you have a good group of D-backs that can cause some turnovers and interceptions. You know, they had two possible ones last week that, should, that were right in your hands. Um and then your pass rush needs to go get to Bo Nix, but contain him too. Cause we, if you don't know, you know, he can run and he has some good legs on him, like better than Tyler Shuck type of runner. And if you, if we're all loose, like we were last week with our pass rush, Bo Nix is going to have a hundred yard rushing game for no reason, you know? Yeah. So like you got to contain and get pressure up front and then let's not let them get big plays and, Bend but don't break back in the back. Yeah, that's one of the keys for me is, you, you know, you see that running back, Bucky had four carries for 119 yeah, yards. Yeah, we can that, stuff I mean, that. He was breaking some big ones off, and, and that was the one of the things we were susceptible to last season was big run plays. Yeah. And so that's going to be one of the keys is can you contain them? Uh, can you keep them from busting off the big run? and? Good point. And, and that's going to be a huge one. They're also going to beat you through the air with Bo Nick. So you got to be able to stay away from letting them have big touchdown plays that are just kind of those backbreakers for you. Uh, yeah, it's going to be huge bend, don't break type defense. Going to have to get some turnovers. Uh, and, and Bo Nix, I think, is that kind of quarterback who you can get in his head and he will try to force things from time to time. Oh, yeah, that's he slings it. Big parts of his, he's going to sling it and sometimes he's going to force it and you just got to be there and ready to, to, to intercept that pass when he gives you those opportunities. Yeah. You can't have what you had last no. week, which was where you got an interceptable pass and, and you hit a guy your own and... teammate running into the yeah. guy or your hands to the face. Like you got to capitalize on the moments that they give you the ball and then capitalize on those extra possessions. Um, but yeah, they got their work cut out for him. I thought they, you know, fought well against Wyoming. It looked like a pretty solid defense. Um, so I expect them to, be able to cause some problems for Bo Nix in this offense. And it's just, is it going to be enough? Uh, is it going to be yeah. enough for you to end with the lead? So uh, any other little Oregon tidbits or things you're curious? No, that's on all I had week? down for them. All right. Well, with that said, let's get into our Oregon game predictions. Dustin, last week we were pretty poor on the predictions, but that'll happen when you uh, lose a game that you're completely unexpected to lose. Oregon comes in as six and a half point favorites as of today, this Tuesday that we are recording. Uh, so let's go ahead and start on the shot bet side of things this time. Um, Oregon minus six and a half, Texas Tech plus six and a half. Dustin, shot Ooh. bet. We both lost last week, so we owe a shot. Uh, who are you going with for this game? I'll take the Oregon side of that, sadly. Um, do you want my score or just sticking with that for now? Uh, let's go ahead and do your score as well. All right, because I wrote down just above that line at 48 to 41 for Oregon. Wow. So they're just squeaking by their seven points there. <laughs> Okay, I'm also going to go with the Oregon side of this. I think mm -hmm. it'll be a close game. I think it'll be one that you might you'll have a chance to win, but I think maybe Oregon lays 
um, a touchdown or, or gets a late field goal or something there to beat you. I think they beat you by 10. Uh, I'm going to go 48, 38 on my score. Okay. So close to yours. Um, but I think like they're going to do just enough to cover that and do just enough to beat you and unfortunately send us to an O and two start. Um, it's crazy because two weeks ago I was like so sure about this game, but yep. uh, things change. Yep. And uh, right now I, I don't know what to expect. Um, and I want to be all gung ho like a lot of people are on Twitter, but I just can't get to that point yet. Um, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully we're wrong. Hopefully, hopefully we're wrong. Um, so offensive prediction, Dustin, what do you have for the offense? I'm going to go with your boy, Taj Brooks, getting a hundred yard rushing game for us okay so a hundred yard rushing game from Todd. come on brooks do it for me my offense prediction i'm gonna say we keep it clean offensively this week and we go with no turnovers we have no turnovers versus the ducks um tyler shuck throws it to the red raiders (laughs) uh nobody fumbles and we keep it clean on that side Uh, and, and i think if we do that that'll help us have a chance to win this one so i'm gonna go just a zero turnover game for our offense uh they were close uh last week they were close um defensively dustin what do you have for the red raiders this week to, I'm on the not going side? with sacks this time i'm gonna go with the turnovers but not quite a take three i'm gonna go with taking two two turnovers from this yeah. defense this time Two turnovers from the defense. I like that. That would also help. Yeah, that would help. Turnovers and two. Man, I don't really know where to go defensively for this week. I I I feel like it could end up being a rough one for the defense. I feel like they will be able to get some pressure this week and maybe get a couple sacks. So I'm going to say we get one more sack than we did last week. I'd say we have a three sack game in front of the home crowd. Steve Linton and Miles Cole. Who are they? Re, try to redeem themselves from what was just kind of a pretty poor start from two guys who were super hyped up yeah. before the season, um, make their names kind of known. And um, I, I'll say three sacks. Cool. So, I like it. Uh, um, both of my predictions pretty simple this week. Uh, have to dial it back a notch yeah, after, same. after what we saw. But, hey, uh, let us know your predictions. If you see this video on YouTube, we'll be clipping it and posting our predictions every week here. Uh, so you can kind of see either how bad we get it wrong or just how correct we are in our predictions. So once again, me and Dustin, both going with the Oregon side of the shot that Morgan is a six and a half point favorite Dustin going with the 48, 41 win for the ducks. I'm going with the 48, 38 win for the ducks. Um, offense, offense, a hundred yard rushing game for Taj Brooks. And for me, a no turnover game defensively three sacks for me. And Dustin's going with two turnovers for the red Raiders. Any, any last bits you got? No, let's keep, keep positive for now. Stay positive. Even when you're being critical on Saturday night and Sunday, just be critical, but not disrespectful. Critical but not disrespectful, and realize that that adding players, adding do coaches, that. and That's all that stuff is uh, is yeah, big no no. Do not do that. Just it's okay to vent. It's okay uh, to be upset. That's what fandom is, and we're always on the side of being able to to let those frustrations out. Just don't take it out on the people. Um, 
and, and we'll be fine. Let's have a good time Saturday. First home game uh, at the Jones Red Raider Nation. We'll be rocking. Make sure you wear the shirt that matches your section, yeah. red or white. Uh, and if you want to come hang out with us before the game, we don't have all the details finalized just yet. Uh, but we will be tailgating uh, with the nation and some other friends uh, before the game. Uh, the location we've been told is right now is around the roof area. It might be at the roof or it'll be in the office buildings next to the roof. Um, I think we're still trying to get some uh, something shirt up on that location, but we will be uh, tailgating with the nation and we'll be doing our own little 30 minute live show before the game. So we'll be right there across from the stadium. Um, so if you want to stop by, hang out with us for a little bit, uh, listen to us talk, we'll be on about two hours before the game. And then after that, we'll hang out for a little bit, uh, until we make our way over to the stadium. So looking forward to that. Uh, and before we get out for the weekend, uh, on to Oregon. Dustin, what is your final shot for us this week? NFL football also starts this week. That is correct. And you got kickoff night is Thursday. Let's get your fantasy lineup set or take out Travis Kelsey if you drafted him like someone else on this podcast. <laughs> I never draft Travis Kelsey and then I finally freaking get Kelsey and oh, but you'll like this little funny story because you know I can't keep Zay Jones and Zay Flowers straight <laughs> so doing our fantasy draft last week I nominated Zay Flowers thinking it was Zay Jones of the Jaguars <laughs> didn't get him but then like a round later I got Zay Jones <laughs> who actually won it All right, but once again I hate having Zay Jones and Zay, Zay Flowers in the NFL at the same time because I don't know who is who. <laughs> Man. Zay Flowers is the Ravens. Yeah. Zay Jones is the Jaguars. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Uh, NFL, Thursday night. Chiefs yeah. without – if they have no Travis Kelsey, who the – Oh, the dude, is, they're going to be throwing the ball, throw the ball to Kadarius Tony. Sky Moore. Sky Moore. Jarek McKinnon might have to just play wide receiver. John Ross. John Ross. He'll pull a hamstring in the first quarter. Just don't rely on that. But, yeah, they're um, totally different. But, luckily, they have Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. They'll still figure out a way to put up almost 40 points without Travis Kelsey. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate. It's the first year I've ever been able to get Travis Kelsey drafted him in round one. Cause I was like, I'm getting him this year that of course he gets freaking hurt. Um, but Hey, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully yep. it's just a injury that keeps him out for a short period of time and he's able to come back healthy, but excited for the NFL to be back. Going to be a fun slate, of course, fantasy football going. And so, yeah, first full weekend where there's, College football, oh, yeah. Saturday, Sunday football, Monday night football. Going to be a good time. My final shot is the Texas Tech Red Raiders non-conference basketball schedule was released earlier today. Yeah. Dustin, uh, feels like everybody else in college basketball had already uh, dropped their non-cons, but Tech finally does so. So here's the schedule for you. Home game versus Texas, Texas A&M Commerce. Home versus San Jose State. Home versus Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Then you got your Battle for Atlantis tournament, which you start off with Villanova, so that's obviously a good one. Then after that, you travel to Butler for what is the 
uh, Big East, Big 12 battle. Gotcha. And you finish off with some other good home games, Omaha, Oral Roberts, uh, Vanderbilt at a neutral site, Texas Arlington, Sam Houston, and North Alabama. So uh, after reading that off, we know we've uh, complained about a lot of non-con schedules before for the Red Raiders. Uh, Dustin, how do you feel about that schedule? I guess that's pretty good. I mean, your home isn't boosted like some people might want. Oral Roberts is decent. Um, everything else is kind of whatever. But your neutral yeah. and away games are pretty nice. Villanova, Vanderbilt, and Butler. Yeah, and you'll have another solid couple and, of games in the Battle for right, Atlantis because right. that's packed with a bunch of good teams in there too. So, yeah, I think like RP, RPI-wise, it does what you need it to do. Like if you get a few, we just don't get yeah. like the Tier 2 or Quad three or whatever it's called now good right. enough team who play right. super bad ones and beat them but doesn't matter yeah and then this year you don't have the big 12 sec challenge so you're not guaranteed like a road sec game or a home yeah. sec sec game that boosts you there you only have the uh the butler game in that standpoint but ultimately i think it's like a good competitive first schedule for mccaslin i think like you obviously want some games that you can win and then you want to boost it like san jose state's a recognizable uh non-power five school or roberts has had success um you know and then you get some texas schools in there like um sam houston uta uh the texas a&m schools i guess you're going to try to play every texas (laughs) a&m hyphen school that there is but uh, ultimately, you know, can't be too mad at this one. At least, you know, we got some good quality teams on the schedule. So I'm not going to complain too much. Still wish that there was like one better home game in yeah. there, especially when the price of tickets keep going up and up and up. Um, and the fact that you're not, you know, this year you're not playing every single team in the Big 12 at home. So. Right. Um, but nice to have that schedule out. Now we wait for the uh, final part of the schedule and how the conference, uh, Big 12 conference schedule will shape out for the Red Raiders. And then we'll have a full schedule for the Red Raiders. But wanted to get that out there uh, as we just found that out today. But yeah. Dustin, if that's all from you. I'm good, man. Let's have a good time Saturday. Let's have a good time Saturday. Uh, it'll be fun to first tailgate at the Jones. As we mentioned, we'll be across the street over by the roof area um we will have a post to let you guys know exactly where that's going to be pay attention to the nation's facebook yeah. and twitter pages they'll be doing the posting there as they're the one that's hosting it and uh, we'll just be having a good time talking about oregon and kind of what we expect from that game for a good 20 to 30 minutes before um but also to catch everything else that we're doing here at tailgate talks to catch our oregon recap next week and previewing tarleton state uh, you got to give us a follow. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us that five stars. Five stars for the tailgate. And if you listen to us on Apple, we always appreciate those reviews. Also, follow our social media accounts. We are on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. It's where we do most of our posting and interacting on the social medias. So give us a follow there. But we do have Instagram and Facebook. Also, give that YouTube channel a follow. We'll be posting some Uh, videos from this week's episode as well as videos in the future for predictions and all that good stuff so give us a follow on that youtube channel we appreciate y'all hanging out this week getting through the rough wyoming game previewing a potential big upset for the red raiders against oregon Uh, we'll all have to find that out on saturday hope you guys have a great week enjoy your tailgates and as always we will catch y'all at the next tailgate